Swinet. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Most of the practice actually that the new welfare code is asking us to do, 95% of the producers are already doing that. The, the only one that will need some time is the um, facing out the firing crates, but like they set only the intentions for that, we don't know when that's going to happen. Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative sponsors like Elanco's Prevacent, a new PERS Spective. Visit prevacentprrs.us to learn more. NutriQuest, experts serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Gestal, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Welcome to Swine Eat Podcast. My name is Marcel Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. This episode's sponsor highlight is about Elanco's Prevacent. Isn't it time your PERS protocol evolved? Elanco's Prevacent PERS is safe and effective offering at least 26 weeks of immunity duration against the respiratory form of PERS. As the first and only on-market USDA-licensed vaccine containing a contemporary Lineage 1 field strain, Prevacent is a contemporary solution. Connect with your veterinarian or an Elan co-representative to understand how Prevacent can fit your operation. Visit prevacentprrs.us to learn more. Prevacent. It's time for a new PERS Spectre. Hello, everyone. Today, we have Dr. Sebastian Kadziro, a veterinarian uh, working in the UK, and he's going to talk about uh, UK pig production trends. How are you, Dr. Kadziro? Hello, Marcio. How are you? All good over here. What about you? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for, for being uh, with us today. And uh, as always, our first question is uh, if you can tell us about yourself, your career so far, so our audience can uh, understand that and we get right into the UK production. Yeah, sure, Marcio. Um, thanks for having me in the podcast. It's really a pressure. Um, well, I'm from Argentina. Um, I started studying veterinary medicine and in 2008, Nine, I started working in the biochemistry department for the University of Buenos Aires, and that's when I first met um, the swine industry mm-hmm. or the swine research. I started working for Dr. Alvarez's lab. Um, I started working in reproductive physiology. At the beginning, it was focused purely in the laboratory. I was getting some ovaries from from the slaughterhouses and we were collecting some oocytes. Mm-hmm. We were maturing them and then we were uh, modifying the pathways just to see what was happening and to have a better understanding on the reproductive physiology. Um, then I moved into exploring some other techniques like the intracytoplasmic sperm injection. Uh, we were doing some embryos and we were frozen those embryos and studying how it was behaving the differences of 
the extenders, how they behave as well. Um, that was really fun, but I really, really started to like reproductive physiology and I started to like more the production in itself. So I've started to go to some farms and then in 2012, I started working for a breeding stock company in Argentina, mm -hmm. uh, mostly in their multiplication units, but also as a technical specialist with, with the customers. Um, then on 2014, I decided that I wanted to progress in my data analysis skills and mm -hmm. I applied for, for a scholarship and I moved to the US, to Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, I, I joined Dr. Stiebel's lab at, in, in order to pursue my, my master's in animal science and I focus purely in statistical genetics, the project that I work aim to find new genes that affect meat and carcass quality traits. Once, once I finished my master's, I decided that I wanted to go back to the industry. Um, there was a position available for, for a breeding stock company in the UK. And I decided, I applied and I decided to join it. And I was the technical service manager for the UK, Ireland and South Africa. Mm -hmm. Basically, my main responsibility was helping the UK producers to achieve the, the potential of that animal and also collaborating with a global team, building tools and materials that could be used uh, worldwide to, to help producers to identify different areas of opportunities. And 14 months ago, I joined uh, a UK pig producer as the production director designate. Um, now my role is a little bit different from what I've done before because it's more about um, managing the farms and, and the teams and trying to get the best out of, of each specific team. Very interesting. This is great. Yeah, so lots of experience in the UK um, and then um, Argentina and, and the grad school in the US. That's, that's very cool. Um, so Sebastian, what uh, what would be the hot you know hot topics today in the UK? That that's a good question. There are there are several hot topics. Most of them are related to the new welfare code that it's going to hit the ground in the new year. Mm -hmm. um, if I can summarize, because it's a very long code, but if I can summarize, there are three main hot topics discussed at the moment. One of them. It's, the, um, it's regarding tail docking. Uh, in the UK, tail docking is not permitted unless you have an issue and your vet approves for tail docking. Mm -hmm. So far, just with a quarterly visit from your vet uh, to see that you have a problem was enough. He signed the permit and you could tail dock. Mm -hmm. However, now the code it's asking the farmers to document evidence of, of tail biting and keep thought of records of the measures they are implementing, um, how effective they are or not. So the vet has actually more evidence to approve for, for that practice. Um, the, the, the challenge with this is that there are a lot of farms that they actually sell pigs at seven kilos or some of them at 40 kilos. Um, so they don't see the pig until they go to the, to the slaughterhouse 
So the challenge of these farmers is to collecting the information and asking the guys that purchase the pigs out of them uh, to have thought of records. So their veterinarian allows them to keep tail docking if it's needed. If not, mm-hmm. you cannot tail dock and you need to keep all your tails. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the other topic at, at the moment, um, it's the enrichment because the, the new code said that all the pigs must have access to enrichment so they can investigate, manipulate, and basically mimic the behavior that they will have in the nature, which is f- developing foraging activities. Um, so far, there were lots of materials used that were suitable or fulfill that enrichment um, aspect that the, that the law was, was asking for. But now they went a step further. Um, they gave some specific characteristics, so, such as, for instance, the, the enrichment now should be edible, so the pigs can, uh, can eat it or smell it. It could have nutritional value. Maybe sometimes it doesn't have too much nutritional value, but the main thing is that it needs to be edible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also needs to be chewable so they can actually do these foraging activities that they will do in the nature. And it needs to be movable so they can change their location and they can, they can play with it and basically do what they will do in the nature. Um, also, um, something new that this code highlights is the requirement to provide enrichment in the foreign crates. So far, the only thing that it was required is to provide nesting material 24, 48 hours before the southward foreign. But now the new code states that on top of having nesting material, you should provide permanent enrichment in the foreign crates mm. that not only the sows will be using, but also the piglets. Mm-hmm. And the third hot topic coming out of this new welfare code that is going to be released early next year, it's the intentions of a government organization, which is called DEFRA, Mm -hmm. um, to phase out foreign crates. So far, they haven't set any day, but they set the intentions to phase them out. And if, if this is the case, the producers will need to do as they have done in 1999 when they ban gestation crates. And basically they will need to readjust their firing rules. Um, this, is going to be, this is going to be a challenge because one of those free access stalls, it's about um, one and a half times bigger than the conventional one. So either more buildings will need to be built, which is a challenge in the UK because you need lots of environmental permits or you'll need to reduce your hair size and and basically um, use the building that you have with less of these uh, free foreign crates. Those are the main hot topics regarding the animal welfare code. Um, there are, are, are hot topics like antibiotic usage and mm-hmm. UK set a very ambitious target for 2020 that it's using less than 100 milligrams per kilogram of meat produced. This is not just for a winter finish unit or for a grower unit. 
it goes from breeding to slaughter. And well, this is this is live. All all the producers working in here, we are trying to get below that mark, and we are doing it. But that's that's a hot topic because probably the antibiotic usage will keep going uh, down and down, and and will try to be reduced until the very minimum usage. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. A lot of a lot of things going on on the on the new uh, welfare code. So that's gonna go live uh, in the new years here in a few weeks right from where when we are recording this um but then do they have a phase different phases then to 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 uh to uh, enforce that that's that's a good question uh, as soon as it hits the ground basically we need to comply to that because most most of the practice actually that the new welfare code is asking us to do 90 5% of the producers are already doing that. Um, so the, the only one that will need some time is the um, facing out the firing crates. But like they set only the intentions for that. We don't know when that's going to happen. We just know that it's in their, <laughs> in their agenda. But all the other ones, most of the producers, they are already doing that. Um, so it should be almost instantaneously. Ah, okay. Okay. Interesting. So now I have uh, several uh, short questions, uh, Sebastian. The first one is how many sows are there in the UK? There are about 400,000 sows. Okay. And uh, what do you guys have for market weight? The market weight is between 84, 85 kilogram death. That will be around 115 kilograms live for 250 pounds okay lightweight and uh and i believe do you, you have uh, some intact intact males right no no castration like yeah that's correct no no castration um you can castrate if you want but the thing is that in the uk you have um different um standards mm. and you have basically non-assured pigs Red Tractor, Assure Pigs, and Freedom Food, Assure Pigs. Um, the only one that allows castrating is the non-assured one, but it's just less than 5% of the pigs that you are marketing. You don't get a premium for that. So 95% of, of the males are intact in the UK. Okay. And uh, how is the market right now? For, uh, producers making money, break even, or losing money? At the moment, making money, luckily, because after three quarters, uh, producers basically lost money. Then we have a quarter that we broke even. And now, since Q3 this year, price is starting to go up. At the moment, it's uh, close to £1.58 per dead weight kilo, which which is the highest price we have this year so far. So, so yeah, it's it's a good time this time of the year. Very nice. Very good. And then um, the last question I have here in this topic is, uh, Sebastian, what is the difference uh, between pig production in UK versus Argentina in your experience? Okay, well, there, there are, that, that, that's a good question. And there are several aspects that they are different. Um, one of the main ones is that Argentina, um, it has a similar size. It's 350,000 sows, 
but most of them are technified. They are indoor producers. And in the UK, mm-hmm. out of those 400,000 sows that I told you, 40% of them, they are outdoor sows, which, which is a very interesting system. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just to give you a, a brief idea of what an outdoor pig uh, production is. Generally speaking, those outdoor units are producing pigs in a three-week batch system. They are units between 700 and 1,100 sows. Um, they run a very, very unique um, herd because it's called a single party herd. Basically, they get gills all at once or in several, several trips and they keep them until party five. After party five, they just cool the whole herd and they move on and bring another batch of gills. Um, it's, it's, it's a really interesting system and obviously has several advantages and disadvantages, Mm -hmm. but in in terms of the advantages, it's, it's good in terms of the health of the breeding herd, because if they break down with any disease after party five, you cool your herd and basically you do a repop, you start from scratch, usually in a different part of the land, because this is part of, of the agricultural rotations, um, and, and that's it. But, but also it has another advantage that is the consistency of the product because uh, all the progeny is coming roughly from the same parties. Um, so there is some massive reduction in, in, in variation in, 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 in pigs. Uh, and also another interesting thing about the outdoor production is that just the sows are rear outdoors, mm-hmm. but the progeny usually goes to an indoor farm that needs to have solid floors and straw. That's the only condition that it, then you, you, you can market them as outdoor bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Argentina, on the other hand, it's indoor production, uh, like you'll, you'll see in elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that's one of the, that's one of the main differences between, between the two countries. But then if you compare indoor production in the UK and indoor production in Argentina, it also has several differences starting again from one of the obvious ones is that in the UK there there are no gestation stalls they were banned in 1999 um, and it's not like in the rest of Europe that you can keep the sows until you pre test them and then you you move them into pens in here you win sows into a pen you serve them and then they remain in the pen until they go to to the foreign house. In Argentina, I know that there are five producers that they do have uh, group housing, but it's just them. Mm-hmm. All the other ones, they still do have the stall. So that's that's a big difference between the breeding farms, but also the finisher farms have have massive have, have massive differences because in the UK, a lot of uh, pigs are finished on straw, not just on slats. And if you decide to finish them on slats, you need to have basically a two-stage system because you cannot win a seven-kilo pig in the win-to-finish building that we are used to in in North America or in Argentina, just because the the width of the slat is too big for that pig and it's not allowed by law. So basically they need to go to a nursery and then mm. move on to a different building. And in Argentina, you can have a win to finish building and win a seven kilo pig 
straight. Mm-hmm. In terms of of feel, there's also uh, another big difference. In, in Argentina, most of the farms, regardless the size, usually they have their own little meal and they prepare their own feed. In the UK, even the big companies, they buy from certain mills in the UK. So they are, they give their nutrient specifications to the mills, the mill prepare that, delivers that, um, um, and they use that food. It's not that they prepare it in-house. And another big difference is where the semen come, comes from. In, in the UK, most of the producers are getting semen from, from Borstadt's. In Argentina, there's a huge proportion now of producers that it's getting semen from Borstadt's, but there's also a big proportion that they are still buying boars mm-hmm. and they have their own mini studs and they, they collect semen and they, they prepare their own doses and they use the doses they prepare. Interesting. Yeah, wow. Lot, lots of differences. Absolutely. Very interesting. I remember a few years ago, I went there to the UK, visited a, a fair, fairly uh, sizable producer and was 100% uh, for the south, like you said, uh, outdoors and uh, was very, very unique experience. Uh, uh, yeah, I learned a lot. Um, very good. Anything else on this topic, uh, Sebastian, before we go to the three questions we ask every guest? Um, not on top of my head. I think those are the, the big differences. Very good. NutriQuest delivers targeted breakthrough solutions to animal producers via nutritional and non-nutritional products, services, and technologies. At NutriQuest, we believe in ingenuity inspired by servitude and that our success comes from helping producers realize improved profitability through optimized technologies and efficient operation. It is time to our famous three. What's your favorite uh, book uh, related to pigs? My, my favorite book, pig-related book, is The Pig Genetics by Dr. Ro- Rothschild and, and Rubinsky. Interesting. Very nice. What's your favorite book that's not related to pigs? Think Fast and Slow from Daniel Kahneman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very interesting book that I will recommend your audience to 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 read. Very interesting. I heard about that one, but I haven't read as many <laughs> as many of the ones from our guests. That I haven't read that one either. Very good. Need to add that one to the list. Um, what do you think sets apart successful swine professionals from those uh, who are not? Uh, I think there are there are several things that I. Basically, I'm trying to learn from from the professionals that I consider really successful, not just from the big industry, but also from 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 our industries. The the first one that I that I think it's crucial is always listen first when when you go on on a visit mm-hmm. or you are doing your work. Just listen what the other person needs needs to say. What's the problem? So then you can you can provide an answer or at least help troubleshooting that issue. The other one that I think is crucial is always check data because we have very 
short memory. And usually when we have a problem, we just, our recollection is just what happened in the past two weeks. So most, most of the producers, they do have a very good, um, uh, they, they have recording system, they have a very good database. So always check the data. Um, and when, when you're trying to implement something on farm, just keep it simple because the important thing is producing pigs. Everything that we do on top of that, it needs to be simple so we keep producing more and more pigs in a more efficient way. Um, last but not least, I, I think we always need to learn from our mistakes. For instance, if you agree on something and when you go back one week, one month, two months later to learn from that and understand what happened, that should be our, our, our reflection on our work. Uh, because maybe we didn't have a strong argument or um, we, we didn't show the value of that strategy. Mm-hmm. So we basically didn't convince the people that needs to implement it on farm. Or we maybe didn't set up a plan that was very easy to follow on farm. So I think, I think that's crucial. And, and it's, it's something that it's, it's very useful because once we learn from that mistake, we just move on and we, uh, we improve it. And well, every day is a school day. So every day we, mm-hmm. we learn something, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's very, that makes total sense. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot, Sebastian. Um, I'm sure the audience appreciate as well your time and your thoughts there, sharing the experience as well in the UK and Argentina. Um, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for th- thanks very much, Marcio, for having me. I'm I'm a good fan of the podcast and keep up the good work. You're doing a cracking job. Thank you. Hey guys and girls, thank you so much for being part of our community as well as thanks for all the great guests that we have had. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I do. To be part of our email list and get some exclusive materials, go to our website www.swineit.com that's swineit.com and subscribe to our email list. Also, we love feedback. So if you use the Apple Podcasts app, please leave us a review. It is much appreciated. We'll talk soon.